Passionate DJ Podcast, where we are becoming better DJs through passion and purpose. And now your host, David Michael. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to the Passionate DJ Podcast. I'm your host, David Michael, and I'm hanging with the homie, Trip Turlington. I am Trip Turlington. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was going to call this DJs and PJs, but that appears to just be me. You're a jeans (laughs) and t-shirt over there. I was going to say, usually when we have these Friday night gigs, I'm the one in PJs. (laughs) I know. I sent you a text like, I'm on my way. It's raining. I'm cold and wet, and I'm in my PJs, but I'll be there. (laughs) (laughs) just one of those days i'm, I'm like i'm getting into pjs and right? then coming over yeah it's and it i mean it's a perfect october night in ohio like it's dark it's cold it's raining and yeah you know i remember like when it used to snow on halloween every now and then yeah. and like i don't know that i don't know if that's a thing anymore in ohio yeah no i don't think so i think we've covered the the global warming thing a couple of times over here so so, you know, every couple of months we do, we kind of catch up on all the news headlines and hardware releases and stuff that we missed out on, so, or that we haven't really brought up. So I thought this would be a good time to just kind of get caught up. Sure. And, uh, you know, there's a, a couple of things that have come out, namely the DJS 1000, which we'll get into here in a moment, oh, yeah. which is kind of the, the talk of the town. But yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to go ahead and take a voicemail from Avery Schmidt. Uh, who is a beginner DJ, or actually, I think they're just thinking about becoming a DJ. Oh. And uh, so let's give that a listen. I am interested in being a rave DJ, and I've never heard anything that you're talking about and I love it so much but I'm new as hell and all the big words you use and everything like that like crossfading and shit I have no idea what you're talking about and I really want to so I just need like guidance like super dumbed down like please help me out (laughs) wow I I love crossfading and shit like it's the, <laughs> when i heard that i just i busted out laughing like i don't there's just something about the presentation that like crossfading and shit <laughs> right like yeah because yeah. so much is encompassed in and shit right? yeah yeah like, but um no yeah, that's that, that's a you know we have a lot of listeners that are in avery's position who are you know they they find passionate dj and they're either brand new djs or they're just kind of dipping their toes in and thinking about it and they sure. think it's kind of cool and that kind of thing and and uh, yeah we're absolutely you know here for you we, we uh welcome aboard and it's good to have you um we're glad to have you as a listener and uh yeah it's we realize that it's kind of intimidating to just like go into the middle of a show and we're kind of talking shop and right. you know this is something that uh our co-host mo dingo who's not here today but he uh, calls me out on this all the time yeah, yeah. he's like well hold on what does that mean <laughs> you need to explain that and i'm like yeah you're right you know it just you get on a roll and then you just kind of roll with it and you can't stop and define everything every time right And so uh, we have talked about doing a sort of like FAQ glossary definitions, you know, DJ 101 kind of episode, which we haven't done yet. But uh, I think that's coming down the pike. Yeah, we Um, should we especially with this voicemail coming in that that uh, for every one person that asks these types of questions, you know, there's got to be a hundred more, you know, and and the last thing we want to do is turn people off by you know, by using all of the terms that, you know, we take for granted. Yeah. Um, 
without, you know, at least taking a, a, a taking the step every so often to, you know, put on the brakes. Let's let's revisit this so that pe- new people coming in the door. If you're just now joining us yes. <laughs> right now, we are talking about X and this is what it means. Yeah. So. And, you know, I, I apologize to Avery and, and any other newer listeners who are, are a little overwhelmed by, you know, all the uh, industry talk and, sure. and all the terminology that we bring up and stuff. And so if if you have any specific questions that you just like need answered right now, like what is crossfading or something like that, right. uh, please, by all means, you know, send us an email. You can email me, David at passionatedj.com. You can email all of us at the same time using uh, podcast at passionatedj.com. Uh, tweet at us at DJ with passion um, or, you know, obviously, you know how to use the voicemail system so you can leave a voicemail and, you know, say, hey, w- what do you mean when you say blah, blah, blah? Right. And we would be glad to take those, you know, because there's. This, this is something that's going to happen because we, you know, we're forgetful and we we don't know what people don't know at certain times. Right, and so, right. yeah, that's that's something that we definitely need to address. And so we appreciate you uh, bringing that to light. Yep. Uh, the, the only other thing I wanted to do is just uh, take a moment real quick to uh, thank our veterans here in the U.S. because uh, this Saturday is Veterans Day. So thanks. Yeah, thank you all for your for your service, my fellow brothers and sisters. And thank uh, you, Mr. Yeah. Turlington. I just signed a piece of paper and uh, you know just did what they told me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on to some news headlines. Now we brought up the DJS one thousand. So this is basically, you know, you've heard us probably on the show, if you've been listening for a while, we've talk about, talked about the Torres SP-16 standalone sampler that Pioneer came out with. This is basically that with a couple of changes and then squashed into a CDJ case. Okay, so it's okay. rather than having a jog wheel and stuff in the center, it's got a grid of 16 uh, drum pads. Um, it's got uh, a touch strip on the side, so you can use that for pitch bend, note repeat. It's basically a sampler sequencer instead of mm. like a deck. Okay. So if you're trying to add kind of like for tractor users, if you're trying to, you know, if you think of it like kind of your remix deck cells or something like that or a machine, it's kind of similar sure. to that concept. It's something that Akai would come out with basically. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, it's got a seven inch full color touch screen. It supports clock synchronization, so you can plug in your network cable to Pro DJ Link, you know, to your CDJs okay. through a network cable, and then it'll pick up that. Pick up the tempo. I keep that. trying not to say time code because that's not the right. <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> <laughs> um, it has an audio input, so it'll it can do live sampling. So if you mm-hmm. want to do like one of those kind of create a loop song on the fly kind of thing, you can do sure. that. Um, it comes with twenty five hundred uh, Loopmaster samples on board. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's not bad at all. With room to grow still, like plenty of empty bank space. Or? Yeah, I'm not sure how much room is on it. I did hear something about that it had like a 32 second sample length, but which I'm mm. not really sure why. But I think that is the case with the SP16 as well. Okay. But uh, I mean, it's down to like it'll open SP16 project files. Like oh, it's wow. that similar. Okay. Um, it has a couple of different performance modes that act a little bit differently than the SP-16. Um, it doesn't contain those Dave Smith filters. Mm. It uh, doesn't have the eight outputs <laughs> that the other one did. Um, but it is uh, $1,199. Okay. Which is not terrible for Pioneer. For Pioneer, right. right. Yeah, which for surprised that. me. So, but 
so I guess it, like from the picture that I saw of it and uh, what little bit um, that I that I looked into it is it more I, I see that is, is it more geared toward um, like your finger drummers and it, it, like or, or it, like I because outside of the finger drumming you know um, type type of performance. You know, I, I I don't know. I, I guess it, that's just so not part of my workflow that it's kind of a foreign thing to right. me. Like, so the um, it, it can it can work that way because you can use it like just triggering one shots, right? You know, right. so you could you could use it to do like live finger drumming, but it's also a sequencer. So uh, for those who aren't familiar, what that means is it will count along the bars with you, so it'll like give you a four count, and you will see each little drum pad light up in a row for each beat that's playing at the time. So if, if you got one, two, three, four, you'll have all the lights, the, I'm trying to think of how to say this <laughs> without using the word quantization. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm trying to think of how to say this without a visual. Um, right. so if you think of a grid of 16 pads, that's four by four, you know, the first one is going to light up on each beat. So light, 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 like that right, okay right all the other ones are going to light up in between so it's light 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 okay <laughs> if that makes any sense all right and what will happen is you can program you know drum samples in to play in proper time right so you could you could live you know create a loop on the fly you could finger drum something and then record it and then it will sequence it back to you okay that sort of thing so it's kind of an in-between producer dj kind okay. of tool and you said that it, it it has it has the ability to save project files so i'm assuming that like somebody could for all intent and purposes make a and i'm using air quotes here a song yeah i don't using see why not. that and then recall that p very particular they, they could recall that project and then use that project and sync it up with yes. their with with whatever they're playing yeah absolutely that's that's pretty slick yeah you know, because that bridges a huge gap between for a lot of people out there who are who are DJs and don't know how to even get started with producing or don't even really understand the concepts that go into producing. That's that's a really like um, approachable way to, yeah. to dip your feet into it, to see if it's something that you would actually like. You know, if you've got the sequencer, you've got, you know, however many, you know, samples all from Loop Masters, which I've got plenty of stuff from them. It's good stuff. Um, you know, but without getting into like the nitty gritty, like everything from sound synthesis to, you know, uh, right. all of the, all of the like crazy stuff yeah, that actually, -based. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah sample based uh, production. Absolutely. So like it, especially at, at that kind of a price from pioneer that's, and if it integrates with, you know, all the rest of the Nexus stuff, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. I, I saw a lot of people kind of like, what, what is this thing? This is a piece of crap. Pioneers lost their way, blah, blah, blah. And I, I, when I first saw it, I kind of, I don't really know why I kind of like pushed back a little bit. Like, yeah. oh, what is this thing? It's kind of weird. And I, I, the only thing I can figure is that when I saw it, it looked like something that was, photoshopped because it looks like a <laughs> cdj, CDJ right. but it's got like all these pads on it and so it's just one of those things i'm used to dismissing oh whatever it's just Ooh, some person right. put this together right but the more i thought about it i was like this actually kind of makes a lot of sense you know because and at that price point i mean for pioneer for because what are you comparing it to like say a machine mark three or right. something like that right. 
um, which is maybe half the price, but you also have to connect that to a laptop. And this yep. is standalone hardware, which is the whole point of something like this. Right. So I don't know. I, I think I kind of dig it. I, I, I dig the concept. Like I said, it's just so not how I DJ. Yeah. Um, and it's not how I produce either. So for right. me, it's eh, like I, I can look at it. I can appreciate it for what it is and I can see the value in it, especially for people who uh, do the finger drumming or want to, you know, yeah. make their, you know, wade their way into a production side of things and, and still integrate it in with, you know, a DJ set. It's like, I can see the value, but it's not something I'm going to, you know, scrape yeah. up 1100 bucks to go buy anytime soon. It's <laughs> so. like the, the piece of hardware that's for DJs who are into controllerism, but don't want to use a controller. <laughs> <laughs> right. that's- Which, and that might be kind of why people push back on it because it i mean it does have it has this the typical pitch fader and everything on the side okay so i think maybe people are like oh this is meant for like sync djing mm, gotcha. but really i think it's meant to be supplemental it's not supposed to replace a deck it's not supposed to be a cdj right not unless like i said unless you have you know produced you know enough content right to you know, be able to DJ an entire set like that. Right. You know, but so you're not whether, like playing full tracks and replacing the jog wheel with all these pads. That's, this right. is a ty- entirely right. different piece Concept, of hardware. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So cool. Yeah. eleven ninety nine, and it's available later this month. Uh, Pioneer also announced the XDJRX2. Yeah. I think I got that right. You did. You did. <laughs> and I've, I've seen a bunch of hype on this one. Yeah. 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 We'll be... Was, this was highly anticipated from the from the the XDJ crowd. Like, yeah, that was this was this was a big one to drop. Well, the original RX, you know, got a lot of attention because it was kind of what everybody. It's, I think it was what you wanted out of the SZ, <laughs> only no, in two channels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was the, the what I wanted was the RZX to yeah, be right. <laughs> to be the XDJ. But, you know, it basically it, it's an all in one system, so you don't need a laptop. Right. And that's what's great about the whole XDJ system is that um, is that you don't need a laptop. All you need is, you know, some USBs and and, and you're and you're ready to go. Yeah. I mean, the, the idea is take basic CDJs and basic like, I don't know, DJM 400 or 750 ish, sure. somewhere in there, that range of mixer and smash it all together in one unit that looks like a controller, but it's actually hardware. You plop a USB drive into it and you start playing right. just like a set of CDJs and you can prep everything in record box and then yep. you can take that with you on the road and play on whatever pioneer setup you want. Um, so the new, this is the RX two. So this new version, uh, it has eight pads under each channel instead of four, uh, it has a seven-inch touchscreen with QWERTY mm. search capability now, so That's it's a little sleek. easier yeah. to yeah bring up your tracks and stuff. It brings over some of those color effects from the Nexus Two mixer. Oh, that's so nice. yeah, the the uh, you know one knob effects. They bring over dub echo, sweep, filter, and noise, and then they added a parameter knob as well, hmm. so you can modify those in some way. Sure. It uh, has two mic inputs, two phone and line inputs, and a USB jack to control record box DJ or load tunes. So you can use this controller style if you just want to plug into record box DJ on your laptop and use it that way. But 
uh, yeah, the idea is to just have a, uh, a Nexus ish setup. Right. And, uh, you know, once again, the only downside on something like this to me personally is the two decks. I like having more than two decks, right? But if you don't care about that anyway, this is a great option because it's only 1700 bucks right? and it's out now. Um, is it the same size as the first one? You know, I'm not sure. I, that I was, think it's similar, but I'm... Yeah, that was the only thing that, that like, when I was looking for controllers uh, or it, it, when I was debating controllers versus uh, CDJs and mixers and all of that stuff, like, that was the, the one of the things that led me to the SZ because I was looking for something that was not going to leave my studio. And that, but that I would still get the, uh, the CDJ ish experience on. Um, and that's one of the things that turned me off about a lot of the controllers out there is that, you know, they've got these jog wheels that are like four inches and, uh, you know, four inch diameter and, and, you know, just these smaller compact units that are meant to be mobile. And that's, that's great for if that's what you're looking for. But I think that was one of the things that, I just I couldn't get over that hump with the XDJ system was that it was still considerably smaller. But, um, you know, so I was looking for something bigger and, uh, you know, that was, I don't know, just had a little bit more presence in my studio. Yeah. If I was going to be taking it at other places and doing gigs with it and stuff like that, then, yeah, the smaller size would make sense. But that's been the, the complaint that I have with pioneer and what i really wanted that ddj rzx to be was like <laughs> ah come on you know but um so do you, do you stay away from like 2000 nexus because of cost oh yeah yeah for sure yeah the so, 2000 the 2000 nexus uh even the nexus ones now i mean those are you know starting to trend you know uh, like 14 1500 i've even seen some as low as 12 um i don't know what kind of condition those are in but like <laughs> Um, but you know, for a, you know, a, a, a Nexus two, I mean, you're talking over $2,000 a pop, you know? So like for me, I, it was just, you know, but I got, you know, the, the SZ for a little over 2000 when they launched. So like, you know, I can spend 2000 once or I can spend 2000 three times to get two CDJs and a mixer <laughs> that, I, that or the mixer or, that I would want. Or you could get a set of XDJ 1000s. That's true. And That's like true. a DJM 850 or 750 Mark II or something like that, which right. would cost about the same if you're okay with having components. Oh, right, of, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so you had talked for a while about... Uh, playing more with with record box instead of serato are you are you still toying with that or are you still pretty married to serato i'm i tinker back and forth uh, when i when i've been playing out live gigs uh in the last year um maybe a little bit more than that it's been record box yeah i, I prepare I, I use my sz to prepare everything in record box so you like Put, play it off the uh, off record of box DJ? Yeah, yeah. So, well, no, no, no. So oh. uh, no, I use record box DJ here at home to prep my tracks on on uh, thumb drives, and then I take the thumb drives and then plug those into the CDJs right. at gotcha. the show. So you know, it's it's so much easier to just bring a set of headphones and my uh, my USB sticks. It really is in a in a in a headphone bag, you know, and. Then that, you know, if I'm, if I get tired of carrying that around, I can take that to the car, toss it in yep. there. And, you know, worst case scenario, if somebody broke into the car, like I could, you know, I can replace a pair of headphones, you know, yeah. like, and, and a couple of hard drives. But, um, 
Yeah, you know, that, the the best part about all of that is 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 the convenience of it all. Like you just you show up, you plug in, and then when you're done, you unplug. The for me to stay on Serato, either the gig that I'm playing has to have Serato already set up, or I gotta bring, bring shit. or I gotta bring my SL three, <laughs> which means I gotta bring USB cables. That yeah. means I gotta bring you know RCA cables. That means I gotta you know set it all up and test it and you know make sure it's all working correctly, and then I gotta tear it all down before the next guy comes on. Like it's just that stuff feels more and more cumbersome. It does the further on we go, doesn't it? Yep, and I think Serato realizes that, and I yeah. think that's why they're trying to you know. Uh, be integrated in as much equipment as they possibly can because, yeah. you know, it, for as, you know, like the, the Serato DJ club kits, you know, are out there where like, if I wanted to continue to play on Serato, as long as I'm playing on a 900 Nexus or Nexus two, mm. or, you know, there's some, like there's an Allen and Heath and there's a, there's a list of mixers. Um, but you know, once, once I've got that, or now that I've got that club kit, like all I need is one USB cable. And then the mixer becomes the, the Serato right, right. interface, similar to uh, like tractor's been doing Tractor that forever. Yeah. Right. Um, so it, like they, I, I think they're starting to see the cumbersome, it, like it was, it was a really neat thing to do with all of those audio interfaces with, uh, Serato and, and, uh, native instruments, uh, did that for a while. But it, it really is. It, it it makes changeovers awkward and cumbersome and all of that stuff. So it 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 is. It's it, it's getting to be more and more all about convenience for me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting old, I suppose. Like, <laughs> just make it easier. Uh, this one's a little more obscure. But have, did you see the Reloop Touch? No. So this one, this is a you know, touch screen controller four channel controller looks similar to you know a, a very modern controller that we've seen before okay but this one's for virtual dj so hmm. this is an actual screened touch screened controller for virtual dj which i thought was kind of fascinating it's the first one sure sure i and i haven't seen virtual dj in years like yeah i i, they I have a big following still yeah i would have thought that that was one of those that you know would have fallen under the the weight of you know the tractor versus serato stuff you know, i would have too but they i mean they worked really hard to i mean you want to talk about play on anything right i mean they were doing that years ago like you could virtual dj and X, like right. whatever you want, <laughs> bring right. it and play. And it wasn't yeah. all this like, no, you have to be certified for this or enabled mm. for that. Right. Um, so they, they had that going for them. Um, it, it is or was free. Right? There is a free tier of it, mm. I think, and and was free for years, right? So right. they got a big user base from that. And uh, so, I mean, this it's pretty interesting. This one comes with uh, the full version of Virtual DJ 8 Pro. You can control four decks, navigate the library without looking at the laptop. You can control the effects with uh, on the touch screen. So using like kind of a little XY controller, okay. you know, yeah, like a chaos pad, like a chaos or, pad. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. I think that's the idea anyway. That's the impression I got. Right. Um, and get this, it even supports video mixing. Wow. So like okay. the uh, like the. Uh, RZX, yeah, yeah, right? the three thousand yeah, dollar Serato controller. Yeah, Serato's had video mixing for a while, but it's always been a you know the extra paid you know uh, upgrade or whatever. Yeah, you can you can do video mixing right on the unit. It can play it back in full screen on the the, the touch no screen. Kidding. Yep, it's Man. pretty it's pretty neat, <laughs> and uh, it's only six ninety nine, and it comes out wow. next month, November. Huh? Yeah, I, I never did get into the video mixing. Like I've seen, I, didn't I, either. I had seen it done, but like it just wasn't anything that like. 
you know, that was just a whole level of, of complexity to, you know, add on that I just wasn't that right. passionate about or, or, but it was always neat to like see the videos and watch the, the promos and stuff like that to see other people do it that know what they're doing with it. And it comes out pretty cool stuff, but yeah, yeah at the end of the day, no, I'm, I'm the audio guy. Like <laughs> it's cool to watch when you have like a, a separate VJ too, that's only focusing on that. Right. It's kind of fun <clears throat> to watch. Cause then you, you almost get like, especially if you have one that's really good. Cause then you have like two creative minds right. working together. It's almost like tagging, but not oh, really, yeah, you yeah. know, it's, it's kind of cool when you have somebody who's dedicated to that task, especially if you know it, because right. like it's, it, it, we're all used to seeing visuals and synchronized video and all this kind of stuff, but it's all stuff. A lot of times it's stuff that's very obviously pre-planned and right. had to be put together because right. it'll have like the track name in the video or something like that. You <laughs> right, know what I mean? Right. And, uh, so far I, I imagine that's been pretty difficult if you, if you're trying to put something together that looks really, polished and or at least looks like it works together with the music sure without looking pre-planned you know it, especially if the dj and the vj don't know each other or haven't communicated it's like right how do you make that happen right well pioneers thought about this and a company called uh tc supply has thought about this they co-developed a system which sends record box track data over pro dj link so the uh, network system if you plug a network cable into once we once again into your cdjs or your mixer and then you can like share your music across multiple cdjs instead of having a separate usb drive in right. every one okay so right. using that system that cable they developed a new protocol which will send like tempo data and other track metadata and stuff over that ethernet cable okay and you can send it to vj's um, you know, pyrotechnics, um, you know, any kind of visual lighting, hmm. you can send it out and use that protocol in some way to actually do all this stuff and have some kind of connection between like a, a digital connection between the DJ and no the kidding. visuals, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah, no kidding. It's uh, it uses software called show control uh, currently, but that's like production level software it costs like $2,000. <laughs> Which, you know, big festival productions, they won't even bad night blink. That, yeah, yeah, but, you know, for someone like us, it's like, oh, okay. Oh, that's a CDJ. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Pioneer did say that they were going to start licensing the use of a record box info to partner companies starting in the spring. Very cool. So be interesting to see where that goes in, like, the, the big production circuit. Right. Uh, Mixcloud. They cut a deal with Warner. Which is like, is that good or bad? Mm. So because we've, we've well. the first thing that pops in all our heads is SoundCloud, right? right Probably. Right. Uh, they here. I'll just read an article from Engadget. This comes from October 9th. Mixcloud, a user-generated audio site similar to SoundCloud but with m more of a focus on long-form content, just signed a licensing deal with Warner Music. This means that the site can soon begin to offer subscriptions. Mixcloud plays hosts to around 17 million listeners per month who tune in to some 12 million radio shows, DJ sets, and podcasts. Some of its content generators include Tiesto, David Byrne of the Talking, Talking Heads, and The Guardian. Interestingly, Mixcloud says not interested in pursuing the typical $10 per month payment structure utilized by Apple and Spotify. We don't want to do the $9.99 a month. That's done. That market is served, said the co-founder. What we're building is going to be very customized. 
The, the deal will help enable an innovative subscription offering that allows fans to subscribe to individual creator channels for a more interactive blah, 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 blah. Uh, basically, the they're trying to set up a way for people to monetize mm-hmm. is, is what they're saying anyway. So, like, I don't know if that means that DJs get to start being paid. I don't know if royalties is the right word there, but... Right for playing tracks instead of the producers or I'm not exactly sure what that means. Well, like maybe I'm not hearing it right, but like my first concern about that is so Mixcloud currently is, is free. Like anybody can go on there and upload your mixes and anybody can go on there and listen to mixes. So by signing this deal and then you're, so what it no it's no longer free i don't know and then you it, you can only so like does it become like an a la carte so if i if i like a particular dj or a particular radio show then i would subscribe to that one and then i get charged by the show or well that's what i'm wondering because there's a sentence here this approach will help audio creators on the platform monetize their content by developing a new marketplace for audio subscriptions yeah yeah which, I mean, that's a little concerning because it sounds like they're creating a platform, which is fine, but it's like, okay, but we all went to Mixcloud because... SoundCloud <laughs> sucks. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, no, I mean... Uh, and I, I just don't know because as soon as soon as a company like that signs a deal with a big right. company like that, it's like, ah, sh- there, yeah. go, there it goes. Right? And, and, and I mean, I hate being negative about it, you know, for the sake of, you know, saying, oh, they're selling out, they're selling or they're signing contracts with big labels, blah, 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 blah. But I mean, to your point, like we have yet to see that work out to anybody's advantage. You know, SoundCloud tried it and that that has been a clusterfuck. Like we're only just now starting to see, you know, some very vague, you know, reports coming out where like, okay, they're starting to say, okay, well, we're turning the uh, the corner here and now we're geared towards, you know, providing all of the, you know, the, the, uh, data analytics more for the creators. We're, we're looking to serve the creators and the, and the, and the content, you know, people and, and all of this. And it's like, okay, well, great. But what has that yielded? Like, has that, you know, and, and not to get too far off the, uh, path of mixed cloud, but you know, that, that's the kind of thing that we're talking about is like, what, what does this mean for Mixcloud? You know, the other side of this is I can't believe that Mixcloud has sat and watched everything happen to SoundCloud. And then they're like, yeah, we'll just do that. It'll, it'll be, be different fine. for us. It'll be different. <laughs> yeah, right. So I'm, I'm sure there's more to it. Sure. Um, you know, if they keep the basic functionality of the site as it exists now, i.e. you can upload a mix and they have certain features in place, which seems to allow you to upload copyrighted content without getting in trouble kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like uh, no rewinding or a certain amount of rewinding and, you know, listing the tracks and all that kind of stuff. Yep. As long as all that stays existing, then, you know, as it is, then maybe it's not so bad. Right. Um, You know, it might just be one of those things where what concerns me is like, okay, if all that's in place, then what what happens for the say the premium subscriber, whoever's trying to monetize their account? Right. If they're uploading copywritten content, are they 
are they paying for the rights to play those songs? Are they getting paid to play those songs? Are they, what happens to us free tier people? I just, it, right. I can't quite wrap my head around it. Well, so. and where does the money come from? Yeah. You know, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, there's so much you can do with ad driven content and whatever. And I know that that's a huge model, especially for free tiered stuff. But, you know, I, I just, if I have to think that if there was a way to, monetize just based off of subscriptions and ads alone that they would have already done that by now without the need for a major label. Yeah. So like, I, I don't know, like the, all of that stuff is, is kind of concerning to me, but you know, We'll, we'll see where it ends up. But. It's, we're all like touchy now because it's like, please don't rock the boat. Please don't. Don't do it. Well, I mean, uh, you know, SoundCloud left a lot a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's been a bunch of us, you know, that have jumped ship. You know, I yeah, just it's it freaks me out like any any upset. Any, you know, upset the fruit basket. Just, it's like, oh, <laughs> right, no, right. No, no, no. And, and, you know, I mean, it, it is. It's it, it, it's a little unsettling. I hope I'm just like drastically wrong and they're doing something amazing for the platform and it's going to take off. And right. Then we'll be able to do amazing things and fix yep. all our problems. But, Absolutely. You know, how often does that happen? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, I, I think it all comes back to, you know, what you just said a little bit earlier is that, you know, let's hope that Mixcloud is learning from SoundCloud's mistakes. Yeah. You know, so if, even if they're going to get in bed with a label, that's not inherently bad. It just has been bad because it's been the wrong deal every time it's happened so far, you know, um, at least for the little guys. You know, it works for the subscription-based things like, you know, your Pandora, your Spotify, yeah. and stuff like that. It works great for that because that's a different kind of thing. Yeah, speaking as DJs. Right, right. Yeah. You know, so... Um, yeah, I, I I do hope that whatever whatever deal that they have come to, that it actually takes us little guys in in into account. I think they should create like an amazing video streaming platform for DJs that covers all these bases too, because that's that's getting tricky. Like, really? there's all yeah. the well, it, unless there's some platform that I'm just not really hip to that's really working, but. Mm. You know, like anytime you try to, you know, there's all these amazing streaming platforms now. You have Facebook Live and YouTube Live and all this stuff. Oh, right. But then they all come down, right? You know, because of it's like, oh, you you, you played a copyrighted, song. yeah, 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 yeah. So you can hear it as long as you're there live, right? <laughs> right. Uh, we've talked before about it's been a while, but we talked about uh, there was a club somewhere where they banned controllers. In Berlin, there was a nightclub that banned turntables and CDJs. What? <laughs> From, Excuse me? Yes. From Mixmag. A Berlin club has gone against the norm and banned turntables and CDJs in its establishment. Liquid Sky Berlin has declared itself a venue that, quote, doesn't represent ordinary DJ culture. The club wrote in a post, this is not because we disrespect DJs. It's because we are not just another Berlin nightclub. We support other formats, unique styles, different thinking, and alternative tastes in emerging uses of both newer and older technology. Instead, the club, which will host UK duo Cold Cut on Friday night, invites anyone that plays on Nintendo Game Boys, shortwave radios, tape players, and even hacked home fitness trainers. Hmm. 
So I thought that was kind of interesting. It started out like I think maybe the headline was just a little grabby, like sure. band turntables and CDJs. And it's like, oh, they're just doing like like a little niche thing. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. uh, you know, and that's, that's kind of neat. Cause they're like, like the DJ tech tools of nightclubs. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it, that's kind of neat, though. I mean, like, I mean, I get it. Like, you know, you're, you're trying to carve out this, uh, this one unique identifying feature and, and that's how you're going to, you know, get these people in, you know, that are interested in that sort of thing. I remember years ago, I don't remember what, what documentary it was on or, or whatever. Uh, but there was a guy that, uh, I saw performing on in, in this documentary and he went by the name scanner and, you know, he's playing, uh, and I couldn't even, I don't even remember what genre of music it was, but I, I think it was techno. But the really cool thing was that he had like a literal like police scanner <laughs> and was like, you know, uh, like moving through and okay. like catching like particular frequencies. And like, you know, every now and then he would like catch, you know, some people talking over shortwave radios <laughs> and stuff like that. But then like he would like you know, put some effects on it and stuff like that to like really bend the sounds. And like, as he was like going in between channels and you hear that, like (laughs) he was totally like just, you know, modulating that and and playing with that as, as a sound source and mixing it in with like techno. It sounds like like it needs a DJS 1000. (laughs) (laughs) If he's even still around, I believe I saw that documentary in like the late nineties, early two thousand. So who knows? He's probably done by now. (laughs) But maybe not. Who knows? Maybe he'll be in Berlin. <laughs> right, right. Um, I wanted to bring this around to, uh, I have a couple of kind of happy notes. Uh, one was, well, depending on how much you knew about this already, um, Rusko, you know, the well-known dubstep producer, yeah, yeah. a while back announced that he had uh, he had cancer. Really? No, I yeah. missed that. Yeah, totally. I, I totally missed it too until I saw this headline. So okay. uh, I'm going to kick you down and I'm lift you right back up. <laughs> <laughs> After months of intensive treatment, treatment dubstep icon Rusko has announced in a live stream interview that he is officially cancer-free. Wow, good. Yeah, in the session, he recounted the sudden and almost offhand way in which he was diagnosed. What he thought was a bad stomach virus ended up to be full-body lymphoma, having reached his blood, bone marrow, and more. Not the oh, gastric man. lymphoma he originally announced to fans earlier this year. Rusko had been forced to cancel his remaining tour schedule and focused on healing. He underwent chemo, smiling and updating fans the whole way through. I had no idea. I missed all of that. Yeah, totally missed all that. I was kind of mad, he says in the live stream. For for months leading up to that, I'd been sick. I'd been vomiting a lot in the night and had been having really bad back pains and chest pains, which uh, turns out it was tumors. It was just tumors inside my body pressing against my spine and my rib cage. It was causing the pain and causing the sickness. Even as he tells the story, he's smiling and laughing. He's truly one of the most happy-go-lucky and positive people in the dance music community. The silver lining was that his form of cancer was statistically high for survival, and his useful strength was a boon. Today, he says he's cancer-free. Wow. Hey, uh, glad to hear it. Uh, Sorry to hear it, and then glad to hear it. Right. No kidding. I was like, wait, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. Caught me off guard. Totally missed all of that. But uh, yeah, I, I watched a little bit of the, the interview. It was with uh, youredm.com, I think. Mm, okay. And uh, yeah, he, he was uh, had his head shaved, you know, and he was like, hey, yeah, I just, this is the first place I'm, I'm, uh, I'm cancer free. I haven't even made a social media post yet. And the wow. guy was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Congrats, you know. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and then the other kind of happy note was uh, Seth, Tra- Seth Troxler. 
He recently played at uh, UMF Mexico, big festival there. And uh, he sent out a tweet where he was kind of calling out the other, not calling out, but uh, trying to get the other headliners on this festival to pledge donations for hurricane relief efforts oh. in Mexico. Okay. So he, he was uh, pledging 10, 10 grand. Wow. And he said, hey, how about all of us uh, pledge 10% of our artist fee to hurricane relief efforts? And uh, he tweeted that out on the 4th, and by the next day, uh, Martin Garrix had agreed to match the 10K pledge, okay. which was pretty cool. Hell yeah. And uh, UMF Mexico already plans to donate approximately uh, 50 grand and 50% of UMF ticket sales to Hurricane Wow. Relief. So Wow. I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, I like the DJ for a cause thing. Yeah, absolutely. I, I had not even thought about anything like that until uh, 9-11. You know, mm-hmm. when nine eleven hit, there was a huge uh, upswell of, of things that like that. And I mean, I I probably donated, you know, at least a dozen sets, you know, throughout mm-hmm. that entire time. Where like, you know, I was like either benefits and stuff. Yeah, like I was either playing for nothing or playing for next to nothing, and that's when I was DJing for a living. You right. know, so <laughs> like, um, but you know, it, it is important, you know, for us to not just. Um, remember that we're doing this for us and for fulfilling our, you know, creative and, uh, um, our, our creative artistry and, and whatever our, um, and whatever our, you know, personal goals are for, for DJing. But, you know, we're also part of a community and, you know, by giving back to that community, then it, that, you know, comes back and fulfills you in other ways. Absolutely. Well, you know, I am curious uh, if any of our listeners have ever DJed for a cause like that. Sure. Um, you know, it's something I've played. Uh, I think it was uh, AIDS Resource Center. Uh, I played a show for. Um, I played a benefit show or two here and there. Sure. Uh, no, nothing big scale though. But um, I would really like to hear if our listeners have, because I, I really like stories like that. You know, I've right. mentioned before on the show I'd like to do something in the autism space. I think for that. And right. So uh, yeah, send us an email if this is something you've done before, played for a cause, or you currently play for a cause. Uh, shoot it to podcast at passionatedj.com. Um, you know who would be good to talk to is Tim Hayes, Sonic Styles. Absolutely. About that. Yep. He has, uh, his son has something really hard to pronounce, GM1 gangliosidosis or something right. like that. Yep, yep. Uh, which is just a, a really wicked, uh, wicked illness. And he's in a wheelchair and, you know, needs a lot of help and stuff. And so he does these marathon DJ sets for 24 hours yeah, right. and <laughs> all this kind of stuff. So, yeah, I would love to hear stories like that. Yep, for sure. So fire them over. And uh, coming up soon, in the next few weeks, we're going to have a uh, an episode all about DJ cables, all the cables that we deal with. <laughs> so um, Avery, if you're still tuned in, this might be a good one for you to listen to because you will get the uh, probably more information than you care to know about <laughs> wires. <laughs> and uh, also an episode about spicing up your DJ mixes. Ooh. And that's pretty much it. All right. This has been the Passionate DJ Podcast. Peace. Easy.